Hi, and welcome to TV My Husband Hates. I'm Kat Sims. And I'm Regan Kempton. And we are reality TV addicts. Addicts, uh, aficionados. Ooh, I like that. Experts. Experts. Basically, we know our shit when it comes to reality TV. 100%. Hello, 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 and welcome to another week of TV My Husband Hates. How's your week been, Kat? It's been Good. We're on half term, which means the kids are not in school. So uh, we are down in Devon at my parents' house. They're incidentally not here, which is why the house is warm because my dad is it's always one of those the best. Pe- well, my dad's one of those people that's, that's like, are you wearing every single jumper you own? Because if you're not, then I'm not turning the heating up. So we all sit there shivering. Um, anyway, we had our aunt, my aunt over for drinks and she walked in. She's like, this is the warmest I have ever felt this house. We have got all the heating on, <laughs> all the lights on. We are here for a good time. He's going to murder you when he gets, like, the electricity bill. Well, Jimmy said, send him to me. He said, send him to me. He's been away for 50 days. If he can't cope with three days of heating electricity, there's bigger problems. (laughs) (laughs) How's your week been? Yeah, it's been great. Amongst sick kids and more snow, which seems to be the theme of my February, we're good. We're good. Man, you've been through the ringer this month. We've had so much snow. We had a really dry, here's our weather. This is weather corner on TV My Husband Hates, (laughs) but um, (laughs) we had a really dry January. So apparently we're getting all the snow in February and probably March too. So I'm going to be ready for Key West in April. I am so excited about Key West. Like, I can't tell you. And also, can I also tell you what's really exciting? Yes. We've just bought a new car, so we're obviously on lockdown when it comes to spending. So I'm like, well, where am I going to get my Key West wardrobe from? So I only had a chat with my friend Nat Style Me Sunday. She's like, babe, I need some of that shit out of my house. It's too much. She's like, you can come to my house with your suitcase, <gasps> pack what you need, oh, and take I'm it with so you. Oh, I'm so jealous. Well, don't that worry, babe. I'm gonna I'm gonna bring enough for you too. Excellent. That, that will girl, work. That girl is not short of thread. She's fine. That's amazing. A, a pre thank you, Nat. Then thank you for hooking hooking a girl up, who will then in turn hook up her friend. Exactly. So we are here. We've got six shows again this week, uh, and as ever, we're gonna kick off with the Real Housewives of Atlanta. Yeah, this is this is such an interesting season for me because. I'm really battling just being, like, fucked off at NeNe the whole time. Like, she's not earning her six-figure paycheck because she's in three episodes this season. Well, I think the problem is that everybody else, including the cast, feels the same way. They don't know whether she's in, she's out. So I feel like this season really hasn't ever got going. It all feels a little bit like we're waiting for something to happen. Yeah, I think it's a bit disjointed. Like, there's not a fluidity to the storyline because it's all these actual small storylines. And I don't know. I don't think it's Bravo's fault, but I I think it the fault solely rests on Nene Leakes for just not committing. Like, if you don't want to do it, fine. Just say something. Yeah, I agree. And just to be clear, Nene, if you're listening, it doesn't mean that the show is all about you. The show could continue very well without it, but you can't be one foot in, one foot out. Like, it just dilutes it and pisses everybody yeah. off. Absolutely. But in that note, let's talk about Cynthia and Nene have a meetup to discuss their friendship. I'm going to be honest here. I genuinely, all the respect in the world to Cynthia because she, I don't know whether it's just that you hit 50 and you just get to, you just get to be able to let shit go, but she is, she's not just the bigger person. She's like the biggest person I've ever seen in the world in this conversation. Absolutely. Cause like, 
Nini is standing by that she never said anything as bad about Cynthia as Cynthia calling her a toxic friend. Now, we all have our triggers, and I totally get that. And obviously, toxic friend is Nini's trigger because she's just so fixated on it. But I mean, like, she was calling Cynthia weak and insecure and, like, unable to make her own decisions, which I think is a far worse insult than calling someone a toxic friend. But, like... I feel like actually we we kind of never got a resolution because Cynthia just backed down. It was like, you know what? I'm sorry. Eventually after Nini starts crying and leaves, Nini says she's sorry too. But like, I don't know. I wrote down like it hits deep because it's true. I, I agree. I think that's actually true. I think she hates the word toxic because she knows it's true. And I think Cynthia hits a nail on the head when you are when you are in Nini's good books you are, she is a great friend. Like she will die for you. Right. But when you're not, then she will kill you. And there's- She'll and you, hold the shiv. She will. And you can't have that, you can't have that, a friendship base like that. It has to be a little bit more fluid than that. And she just is too volatile to be friends with. But the whole thing just made me feel very, very uncomfortable. And I just thought it's not okay that Cynthia has to do this. Right. to be friends with Nini for what is basically the sake of the show. Like, frankly, if yeah. that was, if Nini, if I was Cynthia, I'd be like, babe, like, I'm done. I don't need it in my life. She is right. toxic in that, in, in that respect. And I feel like Cynthia kind of comes to that. Like, you know, we had this talk, we're fine, but it's never going to be what it was. Like, we will never really be friends. Like, we'll be okay with each other, but not be friends. And also, let's just, let's just think. Even if Nini had not said anything terrible about Cynthia and Cynthia really had done all the terrible talking, it's almost as if Nini has never done anything wrong. Like, right. never been awful, never been rude. And it's almost like now you're throwing stones in glass houses and for the love of God, just recognize your shit. Like, just right. own it. Just say sorry yeah. and move on. I was, yeah. I was a dick. I was a dick. I'm done. I'm sorry. Cynthia yeah. would have been like, I mean, Cynthia gave you a free pass and you behaved badly. Imagine if you just went, right. <laughs> I'm a dick, sorry. Should have been like, oh, cool. hallelujah. Yeah, it's fine. We can move on. And actually, had you said it six months ago when all this shit started, this would not even be an issue. But also there's no context because Nini's not yeah. around. So she just pops in for this like big chat, but we don't yeah. know what she's thinking or feeling. And it just all feels a little bit disingenuous. And I'm kind of over her. And I think yeah. that ties in with the whole jungle brunch that happened. Like, it just oh felt so God. lacking in any kind of authenticity or... I mean, what was so weird is that A, she didn't turn up for two and a half hours, but B, Tanya and... Who's there? Cynthia? Candy. 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 Are there thinking, we're the only two people here, and then Nini turns up and then... With a, a horde little, of people... But, but she doesn't even turn up with them. They're already there. They just come out from the corners, like, yeah. like, <laughs> like Harry Potter Dementors. <laughs> like, the weirdest thing I've ever seen. I was like, all these people They're here to turn- suck your souls. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> In leopard print. <laughs> I was like, what? They've all just been sat there looking at Candy going, oh, we're going to hang out with them in a minute, but we're not going to do it until Nini gets it. It's like, what? Why are you being so weird? And how weird are all of them? Like, they, like Nini, Candy, like, they're all having, like, their chat about what's going on. And they're all just sitting there, like, 
It's Do you fucking, guys need some popcorn? Are you watching the show? <laughs> like, I was, it's fucking rent a crowd. It's weird. <laughs> That's a good business. Maybe we should get into that. Like, just get hordes of people to like show up at people's events. I mean, I mean to be fair, I feel like I did influence the marketing. I feel like that's basically there you go. what I've been doing for the last two years. <laughs> it's basically rent a crowd. Um, right. Yeah, but that no. has to be the worst planned event I have ever seen in my goddamn life. Like, that's a family dinner with yeah. me and my extended family, rocking up to a Mexican restaurant and just sitting there chatting and drinking margaritas. Like, she it's spent just, more time on the invite than she did on the event. Do you know what I mean? Like, it was like, we'll yeah. just book a table and turn up and see what happens. She didn't turn up. To, two and a half hours, I'd have fucking left. I would have Eva would have had that baby had she stayed there. In two and a half hours. Babe, I could have conceived, grown, and given birth <laughs> to a baby by the time Nini turns up to her own event. I mean, she should be kissing Candy and Tanya's asses for sitting at that table for two and a half hours. They didn't even order appetizers. I love you very much, but I wouldn't sit at a table and wait for you for two and a half hours. No, or I would be so hammered by the time you got there, we would have, we would have a fight. <laughs> Oh, man. I mean, I just feel like Real Housewives of Atlanta really needs to inject some new shit into it because it's just not working right now. This is the worst season I've seen. I don't feel it. I do hope Eva's doing okay because bless her. Also, though, I mean, she is four weeks. She's 36 weeks. That's still pretty much full term. Is she 36 or was she 30 weeks? No, they said she was a month. She's eight months. She's a month shy. So she's fine. Yeah. He's fine. Um, but it, I love how she did not want to leave the brunch. She was like, I was having yeah. contractions, but I didn't want to tell her because I didn't want to miss out on the event. I was like, girlfriend, I feel you so hard. That would totally be me. Take your tequila to go, babe. Like, at, right. at this point, that's not going to do your baby any harm. Uh, anyway, we'll see. I mean, I'm ready for Real Housewives of Atlanta to be over. I'm done with it, to be honest. Yeah, there's a lot of passive aggressive behavior going on. I agree with Portia that that invite was so aggressive. Oh, it was aggressive. And then nothing was ever talked about. And I was like, and then, okay, so you send this aggressive ass invite. Did you send it to all like the randos that showed up too? Weren't they confused by that invite? Like, we're not in your tribe. We have no idea what you're talking about. Like, I don't even know. No, I I think this is purely, anything that Nini does now in terms of Real Housewives of Atlanta is purely just contractual obligation. Right. Like she has to fulfill a certain amount of hours. She has to fulfill a certain amount of event hosting or whatever it is. Other than that, I don't think she gives a shit. Yeah, no. I read an article that kind of all the top paid housewives should be a little bit worried about their jobs, especially the ones that aren't showing, which I feel like was probably spurred on by Nini and in this season, like, I mean, because some of these women make six figures off this show. Like, if you're going to be making six figures for, like, 18 weeks of filming or whatever it is, like... You turn up for fucking work. You show the fuck up, you, you know? I mean, it's just like Courtney in the Keeping Up with the Kardashians. If you're making money off this, you need to put in the time. If not, then buy. Like, they'll find somebody else. There's no shortage. I mean, shit, I turn up for work for a lot less than six figures. Absolutely. Uh, anyway, let's move on to Sunset Boulevard. Let's go to the Shaws. I the am. The Shaws. This season has kicked <laughs> off with a fucking, but they came in hot. This is episode two. I know. It's a lot. There's so much I to love talk it. about. I'm so happy it's back. Uh, me too. And also, this is quite an interesting episode because it really kind of hit me in the emotional gut. And I don't know if it did for you as well. 
Um, but I obviously there's a lot of talk. We're going to get to it. But I think mm-hmm. that there's a lot going on here behind the scenes that I think we do need to talk about. All right. So what would you like to start off with? Well, let's start off, obviously, with Adam and Razor yeah. and Ali and that kind of little contentious bubble of text, texting toxicness. Um, because yeah. it turns out that Adam has been sending what we can only assume are actually really pretty inappropriate texts. Yeah, because they didn't show them. And usually if they're like mild text messages, they'll like do a screenshot of what the text messages actually said. But we didn't see them. And they set Reza the fuck off. I've not like, seen Reza that that crazy in, well, I think forever. In a while, like, yeah. Um, I feel like he was a little bit that way in like the first season. But like Reza gets the rage and we saw that kind of dumped on Ali for maybe good reason. Well, and I don't know whether, Ali, I mean, Ali's obviously telling the truth because he has all these texts printed off. So there's right. no doubt that Adam is sending inappropriate texts. Is he doing it yeah. in a way to kind of groom somebody and have sex with them? I don't know. I don't know whether it's that or whether he's just got no sense of appropriateness or boundaries, whether he's just a little bit dim and just thinks it's okay. But for I me- think it's- I think it's option B because like yeah. we see Reza explaining that Adam sends those texts to him and Mike and while they're totally inappropriate, it's kept within the circle. I think what really sets Reza off is that he's doing it to some rando, not in their like tight nip friend group. Yeah, it's not safe. But also for me, I just feel this real kind of, it's kind of hit me quite hard that Adam has gone from last season being a super sweet kind of, this kind of little bit bashful, sort of overwhelmed with the Persian community, sweet Midwestern guy, to all of a sudden being this kind of weird, inappropriate sex text, text, sex text, sex text, text sex pest. <laughs> sex Say pest that text three text. times. It's a lot, and I've had a glass or two of wine. Um, <laughs> and and that shift has been really sudden for me. So I'm like, I'm getting my head around yeah. a new Adam this season, right? Well, I wonder if it, you know how like we talk about in Very Cavallari with like Kelly getting like a touch of the fame. Like, I wonder if it's been the same with Adam. Like maybe now Adam feels he could maybe stand on his own. And so now he's letting his like freak fingers flow (laughs) to do these sexually harassing texts. I don't know. I mean, I I agree with the... I was going to say, I think Razor's absolutely right. Like, whether it means nothing or not, it's it's inappropriate because it makes totally. Razor look stupid. And that's not Absolutely. okay. No, I agree. And Adam needs to be sensitive to that because it's his husband and it's who he's chosen to, chosen to spend his life with. So he needs to be more respectful of Reza and their, and their friend group. Like, it's not a super respectful thing to be texting friends. No, and to be fair, Adam owns it. Like when Reza really yeah. challenges him in the garden, he's like, this is not okay. And Adam says, I have been so stupid and I am so sorry. Um, yeah. And I appreciate that conversation. I think that's a really, I think the way they handle that between themselves is actually really grown up and mature. It's super good communicating. I'm all here for that. Um, I just think that actually in certain circumstances, Adam maybe needs to communicate a little bit less. Yes, he needs to keep his dirty thoughts to himself. Or just to raise um, her. Yeah, yeah. So this whole Ali, I don't know what his last name is. Um, 
he fits in, but he kind of doesn't. And I think maybe that's the problem. Like, I I question his motives for going to Destiny. Like, did he really feel sexually harassed or he's like, this is the way I can yeah. get in the circle and fuck shit up? Like, I don't know. I think Destiny comes to it with, like, a clean heart and a clean head and is really genuinely concerned about her friend's marriage. Um, but now, like, she's just been ostracized for actually caring. I, I don't question Ali's motives at all. I think he's thirsty as fuck. I think when we saw yeah. that montage of him popping up at every single yeah, it possible... So it was like, where's fucking Wally? Where's fucking yeah. Ali? It was so weird. Um, so I know why he's there. And I think right. Adam's given him the perfect opportunity to get involved. But right. I do think his motives motives are insidious and I think he needs to be cut out of the circle. I don't, I feel bad for Destiny because I think she's got a good heart and I don't think she wants to see the bad in anybody. So I think that's no. why she's friends with him. But I do think, she, I'm worried she's going to get hung out to dry because she's just tried to do the right thing in a really sticky situation and actually should probably have stayed out of it. And yeah. God love you, Destiny. I have been there and there are no fucking winners. No, no. I mean, it's going to be, you know, losers all around. And I do, I kind of feel for Destiny because she's talking about like her mom leaving and like now this rift in her friend group. So I think she feels very lost. Like she doesn't have her touchstone people around. So I think that's really rough. I do not, however, agree with Reza calling MJ right after that fight when she's just had like the most horrific pregnancy and birth I've ever heard about. I obviously this is the first time I have got a full clear indication yes. of exactly how her birth went down. And I had a traumatic birth that wasn't nearly as traumatic as that and it affected me so badly. Like for years. Right. Even now it there are things that will still push my buttons about my birth. Yeah. So when I think about her having been on bed rest for like 25 weeks and then being yeah. induced, which, by the way, is pretty traumatic, even if it's just that that happens, right. or it can be. Um, and then having to go for an emergency C-section, then losing tons of blood, then having to have a hysterectomy. Yes. And by the way, here's a new human that's solely reliant on you for its life. Right, you have which is a mindfuck in itself. Major surgery yeah. and told you can't have any more children. Like, then that is... you have your best friend... <laughs> Calling you and screaming at you when you're still in the ICU. Reza Farahan, I love you very, very yeah. much, but that was wrong, 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 wrong. It was wrong. Yes. And you need to take a long, hard look at yourself and call your friend. Basically, for me, after that, MJ now gets a free pass for any shitty behavior, certainly for this season, really probably for the next five years. <laughs> I totally agree. I mean, like we, we talked about in like our little pre-production meeting, I totally get where Reza is coming from. And until you have a baby and you've done it, you don't know. I mean, it's the saying, right? If you don't know, you don't know. Totally. And that's fair enough. But oh my God, I like... I can't believe MJ took it like kind of as calmly as she did. And she's like, okay, well, I need to let you go because the doctor's coming. But you know and why? Like, I, I can totally believe she did because she's so far off the reservation right yeah. now. Like she doesn't know up from down. She doesn't know left from right. She's like. I would have freaked the fuck out. <clears throat> I, but you see, I wouldn't. I was like, everything's yeah. fine. Everything's fine. No, Everything's yeah. fine. I'm totally fine. Let's just keep going. We'll just keep going as normal. And I think that's probably what she's trying to right. do. 
and it's really damaging. And I don't blame Razor so much because I know if you, like you say, if you haven't right. done it, you can't possibly know. I didn't know. Um, yeah. But the fact that he hasn't even been to see her yeah, makes, like, makes that me rubs think. me the wrong way. It does me too because that's that's serious. I she'd been in a major. car crash and had to have right. major surgery. He'd have been there in a heartbeat. And that surgery yeah. that she went through was probably far more major than any surgery she'd have to go through after a nasty car Absolutely. crash. So, but because it's birth, everybody goes, oh, it's so natural and you're meant to do it. It might be natural, but it's also fucking brutal. And you need Especially your when major complications fucking arise. And now you've lost the ability to have any more kids. Like, that's all she's wanted, you know, like since you know, meeting her husband and whatever. Like, she's always wanted to have a baby. I love that she named the baby, like, Shams. the baby is baby Shams, which is yeah. gorgeous. Um, but, yeah, like, you need to be there for your friend. Like, stop talking about this bullshit texting drama. Like, that's not as important as this woman almost lost her life she's giving birth to this baby. poofed a human out yeah. of her sunroof. Like, for the love of God, give the woman a break. Like, and yeah. also, it's basically day three when he calls her. And we all know what day three is like after you've had a baby. It's like... Oh, yeah. Day one, day Rock two. Rock hard it's like boobs. You're, you're, like, fucking high on all the oxytocin. Day three, you drop, like, a lead fucking balloon. Your boobs hurt. You're crying. You're sobbing. You don't know what you're doing. And then you get a phone call from some angry Persian wearing Gucci loafers about some <laughs> fucking text. Uh-uh. It's uh-uh. not Okay. Not okay. Reza, I love you, but you need to go to that girl right now, give her a hug, and say you're sorry. Absolutely. So that brings us to a Passover with Mike and his family at his new house with his new girlfriend. and Oh, God, Mike, Mike, Mike. The event looked beautiful, by the way. It looked well so done. beautiful. It looked so beautiful. He did a great job. But here's the thing with Mike. I just feel like he's looking for happiness in all the wrong fucking places. Right. Well, it's all the looks, right? Like, it's the appearance of happiness. It's the appearance of everything being perfect. No real, like, interior work is being done. No. And he, and he's starting to really commit to a huge risk for his brothers. And, and we learn as well that his parents bailed him out in his house. So I understand that as an entrepreneur, you're going to, you hit a million Totes. fails before you hit a, a win. I get that. But I just think this isn't an an entrepreneur working. This is somebody who is desperate for success because he thinks that's what's going to make him lovable. That's what's going to make him accepted. I was totally shocked that he's the older brother. Yeah, me too. Like, I think I remember hearing that forever seasons ago. But when you see his brothers and the way, like, their life is progressing and you see Mike and the way his... I thought he was the youngest. Yeah, me too. Just like on that value. He doesn't look the youngest, but, you know, and I I kind of feel for him that way because I'm sure he feels the pressure of like being the oldest. He really wants to be more successful than his brothers or at least as successful. So he's going to really try to take this on and like create something amazing. But it's just like, I just want him to listen to his mom and his dad and his best friend who are like, dude, like this is a huge commitment. It's two years, hard, hard work. Do you really think this is the smartest way? Or can you go sell this idea and the property to somebody else and just like make the money and go and not do any of the work? But he's a perfect example of somebody who's looking externally for happiness, whether it's with a girl or whether it's with a property or money or a business. 
he's like, he's now got the perfect, he's hit the jackpot, they said in the first episode of this season. He's hit the jackpot, the Persian girlfriend jackpot. And he has. But here's the thing, Mike, it's not going to work out because you're so unhappy with yourself. Because right. you feel that you And it's secure. And I get it because it's a tough culture to grow up in, especially as he's the eldest boy in a family. Right. In a Persian family, there are expectations put on his shoulders. Whether or not that's true or whether or not he just thinks that's true, I don't know. But I do feel for him. But now he's 40 and I just worry that he's never, ever going to get there. No, I I mean, I don't want to say he's not. Like maybe something will, you know, will happen great to him. But it's just like, dude, until you really start really start analyzing the actual issues going on inside, like you're never going to get there and you're going to be a 60 year old man looking for the same thing, which is definitely not cute. Um, It's not even that great of a look on a 40 year old man, but like you need to sort it out and time is ticking. Yeah. I think I genuinely think he's not going to find it until he figures his shit out. And I worry about Mike, but we'll see. He's a sweet guy with lots of problems. But really, I I feel like he does have, like, a supportive family and friend circle if he would just listen to them. Yeah. Because they are all telling him the same thing. And it's like, they all just have your best interests in heart. Like, you know, I don't know. They're trying to save you from yourself. We'll just have to see. I don't think he's going to listen. I think that we are going to see him as a 60-year-old man. I I think that's what we're going to see. But who knows? I hope he proves me wrong. Um, But then on to Below Deck Sailing Yacht. Yes. Where 100%, I feel for Jenna, getting way too drunk, maybe making a bit of a dick of yourself, and waking up mortified. I mean, listen. Not so much now, but. No, I mean, if you've never woken up with a blackout and a deep sense of self-loathing, then you're probably not a friend of mine. I don't know if I've ever told you. not my people. I don't know if you've told you about the time that I sat in the toilet naked and demanded that Jimmy plays bass, wipes my ass. (laughs) Oh, I did? Well, Okay. Right. I mean, I feel like that's where why we're on a white wine moratorium. <laughs> oh man, is it I just Chardonnay? Ne- no, it's a specific it's, it's, type, isn't it's, it? It's white wine. I can never get pissed on white wine. Like right. if I'm out, out, it has to be like gin and tonic or vodka tonic or beer or even red wine. Fine. Same. Yeah. But white wine, it's like a black hole and a sense of self-loathing. <laughs> There's nothing in between. So I feel that night was epic. I feel Jenna for that. Um, yeah. Having said that, I'm like I'm starting to see the cracks in Jenna. Yes. And I am starting to see a little bit of the toxic nature that that I that the teasers have been giving us right, as we go right. along. And I don't think that Adam's helping. Like obviously there's a chemistry between them and that's great. Right. Go for it, knock yourself out. But I don't like the way that Jenna handles the information that Georgia gives her. No, I totally agree. I think in my opinion, the correct way to deal with that was when Georgia comes to her and tells her, you know, what happened with Adam. It's Jenna's job to go to Adam and be like, hey, I'm training my third stew. If there are issues that arise, come to me about them and I will deal with like my staff. Like you need to respect the hierarchy on board. If there's something that you want her to work on, come to me, I'll help her work on it and we'll move on. I think that was just handled completely inappropriately. It was like two bitchy girls kind of talking shit about somebody else. And I don't like that. 
No, and I don't like that for Georgia because obviously it got back to Georgia and that makes me uncomfortable for her because I've been in situations where I'm green on something and you're trying to figure it out and everybody else is really in the know. And that's, yeah. the, wor- that's the worst kind of place to be. And I, I think that Georgia chose her, like, her kind of, she chose fancying Adam, like, trying to get in with him. Right, right, trying over, to be cute. Over being a great boss. And that pissed me off. And I think that if that continues, that's going to cause real toxicity on the boat, and that needs to change. Um, Absolutely. But I really like Georgia, and I love that she said this one thing, and I suppose it's something that I've always thought about but never really been able to put as kind of eloquently as she did. But she said, Adam seems to have mistaken my inexperience for incompetence, which is not the same thing. And to be inexperienced and still be able to articulate that is so fucking powerful. I think she's brilliant. She has a great voice. Like, I really enjoyed her singing on the episode before. I also liked how she was like, respect existence or expect resistance. Yeah, she's taking no shit. That's 100% spot on. Um, and Jenna needs to fucking change her tune. I think we're going to see, um, even though Georgia's the third stew, I think we're going to see Jenna pretty challenged by Georgia's strong yeah. kind of moral code, but also just by her ethics. Like, I think she takes no shit, but she expects respect and kindness, which right. is absolutely right. And I think Jenna's going to find herself challenged on that a little bit. Yeah. Uh, In this episode, I would like to bring up what it's like to work with a partner because we see Paget and Sierra just clashing at every turn. I actually, I have way more time for Paget than I do Sierra. Sierra is like fucking me off right now. I don't like that she's complaining about not knowing where anything is. It's like, well, if you had fucking organized the boat properly, I fucking you wouldn't be in this mess. I hate them both. Yeah. I mean, I probably, on balance, if you said you can save one and not the other, I'd save Paget over Sierra. Right, right. Fair enough. But uh, but Ciara is is so fucking smug. I just want to punch oh, her. Oh, I totally wrote that. I wrote Sierra is a smug fuck. She's she's such a smug fuck. <laughs> it's the only way to put it. She's smug yeah. as fuck. And I just want to punch her in the face. And also she's about twelve and she's been yeah. homeschooled. So she has this kind of and I'm sorry again, I'm banging on about homeschoolers. I'm sure you're all lovely. But she has this kind of lack of awareness of yes. how she's perceived. And it just drives me mad. Like the fact that she's bitching and moaning about the fact she can't find anything on the boat. It, it, oh, the whole thing drives me or mad. She, or there wasn't a toga for her. It's like, dude, you're not even interior. Like, you're outside. Why yeah. are you complaining about there's no toga for you? And then they had to rig one. Oh, it's just then, like, oh, fuck off. Like, you're like a nine year old baby. And the two of them, her and Paget, fighting in togas. I was like, for God's sake, (laughs) stop. Yeah. Fucking wearing bedsheets. Grow up. Yeah. I mean, I I do some work for my husband, and it's tricky. And it's not even as close as, like, having to work on a boat and, like, be in constant communication about that. Like, we don't work well like that together, which is weird because – as in our family, you know, we work quite well because we are so different. But, like, when it comes to, like, task handling and being in charge of shit, we clash 100%. Like, that situation would not work for us. No, I once had to tour manage my husband, uh, and that was uh, interesting. I mean, it was it was, ter- <laughs> it was terrible. I'd never do it again. Yeah. And it was terrible. I mean, it wasn't terrible because he's a dick. It was terrible because there's just no room for us to manage that kind of dynamic. 
at all. No, it's so hard. No. Uh, So while I appreciate that, I still think they're both dicks. Yeah, no, I agree. I'm, I'm... when I said I liked Paget, it's in comparison to her. It's not mm. in comparison to anybody else on the boat. Totally. Um, like, I think he wants to get work done, and he's really trying. And I like that he's taking time with Parker and, like, showing him how to do things and working it out. But I'm over Sierra. Like, I want her to go. Oh, God, me too. I, I, me too. I, if I never lay eyes on her again, I will be one happy woman. Yeah, but I am having, like, sailboat yachting, like, fantasies. Like, I have decided in my brain, I'm not a big cruise person. Like, that that doesn't ever really, like, I don't entertain the idea of going on a cruise. It kind of seems like hell to me. But I would, in, instead of doing, like, a massively long cruise, I would save my money and do, like, two days on a yacht. Yeah, I agree. I mean... My mom and dad are currently on a 50-day cruise. They, they've never done a cruise before, but they chose the first one to do as being right. 50 days. <laughs> so they've been through like Colombia, the Panama Canal, <laughs> Fiji, Tahiti. They're currently in New Zealand. They're going to Sydney, and then they're flying home. But my dad's emails are hilarious. Everyone starts with how many people have died on the cruise. <laughs> I'm not oh fucking joking. God. I'm not joking. Like do you know that every cruise count. ship has to have a morgue? Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Well, because of course, like everybody goes on a city. cruise, has an average age of about 103. So dad's emails start with, another one died today. <laughs> I think we need to talk to uh, Mr. Knowles Fitton and see if these can be, po- like, either we can just do a whole episode of just reading his emails aloud, or they need to be bound and put into a book. Because knowing hey. your dad, as I do, I bet they're fucking hilarious. I mean, they are, but you sort of have to accept that he is kind of of his generation. A little bit um, snobbish. A, yeah. A little bit racist. A little bit, like, misogynistic. But in quite a sort of lovable 77-year-old man way. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. So there's a lot going on, but every time we get an email, we're like, we're just going to make a coffee sit down, read about who died, who got caught bonking who on the top deck. (laughs) That happened. Apparently that happens a lot. Apparently there's a Scottish guy who gets so drunk he's not been allowed any more alcoholic drinks on board. The only reason he's allowed on is because he's a carer for his grandfather. But in my dad's words, the only words that anybody can understand from him are Celtic and Rangers. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, but, honestly, probably if I had to go on a cruise with one of my elderly grandparents, I'd be drunk as fuck, too. I mean, I'd be drinking through the whole fucking thing as well. Yeah. But, um. Anyway, that aside, we'll book our cruise. But in the meantime, let's head over to L.A. for Vanderpump. Oh, where the topic for like the entire episode is all about Jax and Britney's homophobic, homophobic pastor. pastor. <laughs> I... Have to say, I, I think we have to talk about Jackson and Brittany slightly differently on this. I really okay. feel for Brittany on this. Yeah, she's in a shit position. She, she is between a fucking rock and a hard place, a homophobic rock and a hard place. Right. Because it was really interesting. Lala, I think, was the one that said it. She's torn between these two worlds. She's grown up in Kentucky where this is what they think. Like, it is how they yeah. feel. Gay people are wrong. Same-sex marriage right. is wrong. But so this is a family friend. And here's the kicker that's so hard for everybody to swallow. That pastor who's really homophobic and hates same-sex marriage is also probably a really sweet guy and a lovely family friend, which is why Brittany is struggling so much in this. She has a personal relationship and I feel for her. 
Yeah. I agree with you to a certain extent, but I also feel like the homophobes that I've encountered that are nice people don't fucking rant shit on social media either. I mean, there is that. I don't know. It, it's a hard it's a hard position to be in. It's a, you know, it's a touchy subject, especially with like the uber conservative religious sect. Like it just is. And that's the reality of life that we live in now. People can be more than one thing. I'm 100% not standing up for him at all because I think once you start putting it out there on social media, then I'm sorry, you are going to get backlash and you have to deal with that because you chose to put it out there. Um, I feel for her in a way of like planning a wedding and two weeks out having to switch up the person is a fucking nightmare. Um, I just went with a minister who got my name wrong half of my ceremony. (laughs) Because I was only doing it to appease my father who wanted, like, a man of the cloth to marry us. I would have been fine with the judge who probably would have gotten my name correct. But, you know, live and learn. I bet Lance uh, Bass would have got your name correct. Yeah. Well, of I course mean, that's would a turnaround, have. isn't it? She's yeah, like, okay, and I mean, well done. You don't want my homophobic pasta. Fine. I'm going to give you Lance Bass. We're going to go from here to here, like, to here. one end yeah. of the extreme to the other. Which is so weird because obviously, like, Britney's like, I used to have his posters up in my room. Like, he's a pop star because that was before he came out. And, you know, he's in a boy band. So, anyways, um, I I definitely feel her stress about it. You know, I I, I would love to say, like, I actually, I think if, if he, we had hired him and I saw the original stuff come out, I probably would have tried to deal with it then versus, like, the two weeks. But... You know, she said she talked to him and he said he didn't feel that way and then he's putting all this shit out. So I think he's just kind of maybe a weird dude. I don't know. But they do the right thing in the end. Like for whatever right. reason, why ever it takes them so long, they do the right thing in the end. And I don't think it's because Lisa says something. I think it's because no. a whole shit ton more comes out. Anybody could right. have said something. It just happened to be Lisa because she was the only one that could go in there without knowing that she wasn't going to get her head ripped off. Um, Well, or being a dick. Like, part of me is like, Lisa also came to them pretty respectfully and was just like, I'm concerned about this. I don't think he's telling you the right thing because this is what he's putting out. Whereas everybody else just loses their shit and starts screaming at them. Like, I I probably wouldn't deal with that well either. I mean, I... I, I'm watching the back episodes of Vanderpump Rules as, as we go, so it's very easy for me to get confused. But I have to say, Tom Sandoval, again, in this episode... Yeah. Handles this situation so badly. Like it's done. They have got ridden of the they've got rid of the pasta. Yeah. They've got another guy. He doesn't need to go in on Jax like that. Like No. I don't think Jax handles it brilliantly, but why does he have to answer to Tom Sandoval? Like he just doesn't. They've done the right thing. Suck yeah. it up. Tom Sandoval has such a massive ego. I feel like he feels like everything is about him. And I think Stassi even calls him out on this. Like, dude, you're not like the martyr for the cause. Oh like, my God, she calm has the best down. She says, yeah. you're, you're John Snowing yourself so hard right now. We're not in <laughs> Westeros, we're in Koreatown. And she's absolutely right. right. It's not yeah. your fucking, you don't have a dog in the fight, babe. It's not your fight, Sit dude. Sit down. Yeah, yeah. But I am using that now. You're John Snowing yourself right hard. Hell That's yes. such a good phrase. Um, no, so, yeah, I agree. I do feel... I really feel for Britney way more than I feel for Jax because obviously there's more connection there. But um, right. But they did the right thing and they got Lance Bass, which seems like an upgrade to me. Absolutely. I mean, who wouldn't want Lance Bass to marry them? I think that would be incredible. 
Um, I agree with everybody else that Jax is kind of being a groomzilla. Like, he needs to tone it down a bit. Everybody doesn't need to kiss your ass for a full year simply because you finally talked a really nice girl into marrying you. Like, she should be treated that way, but you should not be. Like, you've not earned the right to be treated the way no, you want to be No, I mean, treated. he's fucking lucky to be where he is. So if I were you, Jax, God, yes. I would just stay quiet and hope that nobody notices what a dick you are until you said I do. Yeah. The one point about their wedding that I want to touch on is the fact that this is their wedding song. Hold on. Oh, God. Let's see. I can't. <laughs> oh my gosh. Like, it's so ridiculous. And I Can love I- that they bring it up, and <laughs> Bo is like, oh my God, you're kidding, right? And but and they're like, no. but I also love that he doesn't back down for ages. He's like, no, no but you jo- you are joking. He's like, I'm really not. I'm not joking. No, no, but you're really not having that. So- no, no, we really are. That's the song we're having. I was like, Jax, dude, no. Like, I can find there you are a million, million other wedding songs that are a not that A million other song. country wedding songs that you could have used. <laughs> like, I danced to Willie Nelson with my dad. Like, you can pick cool, old school. Country wedding music. Shania Twain is not that answer. I'm not against when I'm on a a bottle of Chardonnay down. I'm not against dancing to a little bit of Shania. But I would never hold my head up with any modicum of respect and announce it as my wedding song. I just couldn't. And and you just can't. Well, and the lyrics. I mean, like, I think that's, like, the bigger problem. Like, how they just really feel like the lyrics speak to, like... (laughs) their relationship and it's just like oh my god you mean all the stuff that we're all not allowed to talk about everything that you did to her that stuff so that's That's why you chose this song oh man despite the fact that I was a cunt to you we still made it through (laughs) it's essentially where we're going with that Shania Twain song yeah like come on like you're still the one I run to like ugh I mean, Anyways. I am excited to see the wedding because I'm assuming yeah. we're going to see it in this we season. Will. So I'm excited to see that. Excited to see that first dance. Um, and it looks like Tom Sandoval's not going to be involved in the wedding. I don't know whether that well, will we'll change. Well, we'll see. You know, it's only knows. two weeks out. There's still plenty of time to change our mind. It but is the other Jax. thing, I'd, the other thing I think we should touch on is very briefly uh, the James and Raquel dynamic because oh. that feels really icky to me. I want to reach into the TV and just, like, pull her out of this, like, manipulative domestic situation that he is, like, that she's in. He is a psychopath. Yeah. There is something very, very unmanaged about him. And I say that because I don't know whether it is, whether he is a psychopath. And I, and I am taking you literally on that because it is dark, dark behavior. It is. Or whether it's just like some sort of disorder that's not properly managed, but there is something not right. Like the way he's like, well, are you going to go? She's like, well, I, I don't think I want to go. To the point where then she goes, no, 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 I'm not, I'm not, no, of course I'm not going to go. And then he turns around and goes, well, now you're only saying you're not going to go because you think that's what I want you to say. You've just right. spent 20 minutes telling her that she can't go. Right. Like well, it's, and it's not even that. I mean, it was like about her work stuff too, where he's like, you really shouldn't have missed that 
that yeah. work shift at Sir, but he was like fucking yelling Screaming at her for missing his stupid set, calling her a moron and a fucking idiot. And like, this girl and can't win with reason- him at all. And the only reason she went wasn't actually because he was screaming and shouting at her, at her, but because she thought, if I don't go, he's going to drink himself stupid and do something ridiculous. Right. So this Which is he probably would have done. Such a dark, dismal, yeah. miserable place for her to be. And she actually seems like kind of a sweet girl. Like, I feel Indecisive for Indecisive as fuck, but sweet. I think in this, I think she's the yeah. kind of girl that if you took her out of this relationship, she'd be completely right. different. Yeah, I would agree with that. But um, it is it does worry me. And he is, there's a shit ton of stuff run, wrong with him. Yeah, I mean, he may not be a clinical psychopath, but he does enjoy he manipulating people. I mean, I think if you look back at James through all the seasons, he's done it to everybody. He likes manipulating people, and he's quite good at it. And it's scary. He also has really good cheekbones, and a lot of people really yeah. good, like American Psycho. He had really great cheekbones, like those psychopaths. I think high cheek, really strong cheekbones can yeah. often be. However, that a, was Christian Bale, and he's Welsh. The American Psycho guy. I know. So the Welsh Psycho. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, the guy had, who played in American Psycho. No, I know he's Welsh, but he yeah, has yeah, really yeah. good cheekbones, and I think yeah. there's something about really chiseled faces. That make psychopaths be able to, like, work their stuff. You could have a thing with that. I think Ted Bundy had, like, chiseled features. Like, interesting. I'm telling you, I think those, like, sharp features often tie in with crazy mental shit. Anyway, I'm sure we get a lot of emails about that. Yeah. Also, Um, what happened in this episode. Sorry. Yeah, well, I was going to say, we see Max and Dana become exclusive. So I'm sure we're going to see, like, Sheena tantrums. Next I can't week. wait to see the I can't wait to see the fallout of that. And also again, I'm watching the back episodes of this. Sheena's so sweet in the first few seasons. Yeah. And then is I not. Mean, I mean, sweet, but like still a little bit crazy about like the dudes that she's with. Like Oh yeah. I mean, she's like basically bullied Shay yeah. into marrying her where I am right now. Like I've I've got that. But in terms of girls, she seems quite sweet and kind of kind. She's obviously yeah. compared to Starcy at this point, which is crazy, but Interesting to see the changes. Uh, but yeah, I can't wait to see her fallout from Max and Dana. No. It's going to be awesome. big. And we are here for it. We are. So All right, New, New Jersey. Jer- Let's do it. Sorry. <laughs> okay, so something that totally melted my heart at this very beginning of this episode was like when everybody started asking Frank, why didn't he get with Dolores? And he, Loved like, there it. was, like, a cutaway to, like, this really honest, open confessional about, like, he will not get back with her because he cannot guarantee that he will be faithful and she does not deserve to be put through that again. Like, I love a man who recognizes his faults and then acts accordingly. But, you know, the irony of that is that I think that that's probably the exact reason why he would actually be faithful to her. Probably. Like, I actually think that recognition, that self-awareness... Yeah. The fact that he still turns up for her all the time. I think they should get back together. I think so too. But I definitely liked his, I liked hearing his take on it. Because I mean, we've all been, you know, wanting it to happen. I mean, obviously even the people in their friend group, because they're like, what's up with David? I mean, look who's behind you right now. Like he's the guy that's behind you, not your boyfriend. So I thought that was super interesting. I did too. But you know what? What a lucky girl. She's got David who gives her all. She's got two guys willing to go to the line for her. So maybe she's all right. 
Yeah, they're they're each carrying the load. Like, what more can you ask for? Uh, but mainly right. in this episode, we had more of the Jennifer crazy. When they are at that dinner, and Jackie chugs the beer, and she opens her fucking mouth about how Jackie can chug a beer but can't suck a dick. It's like <laughs> girlfriend. Read there are some the room. things. Jesus, there are some things that girls talk about that you don't need to go and tell their husbands or fucking shout to an entire restaurant. Like, know where you are. Just have some sort of, like, outside awareness. And I get, I think it's Dolores that says it, I get that she doesn't do it from a place of malice. But there's only so far that can get you before people still get pissed off about the fact that you've hurt their feelings. Like, I didn't mean it. I'm sorry I didn't mean it that way. Like, this is true. Like, wear the T-shirt, Jennifer, but actually maybe just stop doing the shitty things. Just keep your mouth shut. She didn't need to say it. All she needs to do is cheer Jackie and go, amazing job. That's all you had to do. Yeah, it's so easy. Yeah. Um, And her and Margaret are just at loggerheads. Like, it's they just, for me, they have nothing in common apart from geography at this point. Right. And I wish people could just be like, look, we're not going to be friends. We can be around each other. I won't take digs at you. Don't take digs at me. Like, we're just not going to be friends. And that's fine. Like, not yeah. everybody has to be friends. But as grown people, you are you do need to be able to be in the same space as somebody and not let your drama fucking take over the world. I also think there was an interesting conversation. There's obviously a real tension between this kind of working mum, stay-at-home mum thing with Margaret and Jennifer. Ugh. And I think I think a lot of this stems from Jennifer's own sense of um, inferiority. Like, she, I think she recognizes that she married a very wealthy man, that she doesn't have to work. Like, I think she's getting to that point. She's like, but what am I about? Like, what substance right. have, have I got? And that doesn't actually matter whether she's working or not. But if she doesn't believe in her own self-worth, which is where I think we are right now, I think she knows that or she feels that there's nothing that she's bringing to any table. Yeah. And I think that's making her lash out in a really nasty way. Like, I totally agree with Melissa. Like, you never attack somebody else's mothering skills, which is exactly what Jen did. Like, I don't know how you mother, but I do it this way. And it's like, uh uh-uh. That crosses so many lines and triggers me in so many ways. I just want to punch her in the throat. Me too. I would backhand somebody for that. Like I I would. If somebody said something like that to me about how I mother, I can't tell you that I wouldn't hit them in the face. It's just so disrespectful. Or throw wine in their face. Yeah. Because everybody's... We've been in this game long yeah. enough to know that everybody's mothering skills and everybody's mothering capabilities and everybody's limits are completely different. doesn't yeah. mean that you're a terrible mom just because somebody does it differently to you. And I think that's what Jennifer is trying to do. She's just trying to niggle to make somebody else feel as bad as she does right now. Right. And the irony is, is that she's actually right. She's got five kids and fuck me. I wouldn't want to have five oh, kids. Oh, Jesus. No. God only knows. I would rather go and do a day at work than look after five kids at home. day of the given week, but she's just not doing herself any favors. No. And I think the other girls would say like, no, Jen, you do like, you know, you do work hard if she wasn't always attacking them all the fucking time. Like you have no allies because you alienate everybody. However, saying that I would 100% go drinking with Bill, her husband and all those boys because 
between all the daily excursions that were out there, the parasailing, the mini golf, I wanted to be on that boat with those boys doing shots, having a good time. Me too. I, I wrote exactly the same thing. Once again, yeah. I'd always rather be hanging out with the boys fishing. They had a blast and Joey took the piss out of Bill and Bill laughed and like, yeah. that's, that's all it takes. Just don't take yourself too seriously. And the boys do right. it so well. I love that Bill groped Joe Gorga when they were like putting him in the bed and he like squeezed his boobies. I thought that was the best thing ever. <laughs> and Joey has some good boobies to squeeze. He like, does have good boobies. I mean, not like man booby flabbies, but yeah, like no. proper pectoral big boobies. Pecs. Yeah, Got yeah. Big boobies. But then uh, Jennifer's like, yeah, he's fine. He's fine. He's fine. Um, I love that they had to, like, they basically just obliterated Bill. Even though they called him a Guido. They broke him. There's no Guido in him. They broke him. (laughs) They broke that Turkish Guido. (laughs) Um, And they carried him in, like, just as as if he was, like, uh, in a a coffin, like, on their shoulders. Because that's what good friends do when one of your friends passes out. You make sure they get in bed. You make sure they get home safe. And that's what they did. They're fantastic. Like they, they said their sorries. They've moved on. And that's how you properly move on. Like you all don't take yourself too seriously. You have a great time. You know, Jack, Jackie's husband was there, Evan, having a great time with all the other dudes. Like I love the dude dynamic. Me too. I think it's great. And I think the girls could learn a lot from it. Um, especially considering Melissa went to meet Danielle for lunch as well. And what a bombshell Danielle dropped. Backed Ugh. up, by the way, by video footage. Oh, yes, yes. So for those of you, I don't know if everybody watches the show, but Danielle drops the bomb that Teresa and what is the guy's name? Steven. Steven, the guy that owns the boutique, and Teresa, like Danielle said, I want to pull her hair, and they said, we'll just go do it. You see, I I, I right? think it actually. Well, no, I think it was Stephen that said you should pull her hair. Danielle That's was like, right. mm. and Teresa's like, do it. But since she didn't say it, do it, it, the it, video it. footage was like, do it, do it, do it, do it. Yeah, dark as I'd, fuck. Yeah, and dark as fuck. Probably why Danielle and Teresa are no longer friends is probably this like reveal on the show. I will say, I'm super proud of Melissa for like standing her ground and just being like, fuck no, we don't want you around. I agree, and she doesn't do it with malice. She does it really gently. No. She's like, I've spoken to the girls. Nobody wants you around. Well, what about Teresa? Well, I think she still enjoys hanging out with you. Right. Enjoys your company, but the rest of us are a no. She's very clear. She's very calm. Um, Direct. And she, puts, and she puts Danielle in a position where Danielle can't lash out because there's no way she's no. going to win. So instead, exactly. she throws Teresa under, under the, bus. the motherfucking and then, bus. And then pulls her out again and then chucks her under again. I mean, it's so Ugh. dark. I can't wait to see the two of them on the reunion because you know Andy's going to bring it up. Like, I cannot wait for that. It's going to be It's going to be incredible. Bloodbath. It's going to be weaves and blood and eyelashes. Yeah. It's going to be dark. And it's and it's coming up soon because we just have one more episode. The season finale of The Real Housewives of New Jersey is next week. So then we will have a mini-sode recapping that reunion once it's all finished. A quick note, typically we would have the Below Deck reunion mini-sode out this week, but the second half has not aired in the UK. So we'll be pushing that back so Kat can watch the second half because it just hasn't gotten to them yet. 
Anyway, shall we finish off with yes. Very Cavallari? Very Cavallari, and it's Emmys week. So that's the award show for all the TV shows for anybody who would maybe not know what the Emmys are. I don't know. And we see no. kind of Jay Jay going with her to kind of see her work, which I thought was super sweet. Like, A, gives them some time, just the two of them, which you know they definitely need, even though they have help and three kids. Um, but he's hilarious. Like, when they're getting the IVs and their nails, and he thought he shit his pants. I genuinely, listen, if I could love another man more, it would, it's just not possible. I am so falling in love with Jay in a way that's starting to worry me because I genuinely worry it's going to have an effect on my own real life relationship. I love should just like so buy a, a Bears jersey because that's the team that he played for and just make and Jimmy wear make it. make Jimmy wear it when yeah. we have sex. Or, and I mean, that's all I need. stroke the donkeys at like the donkey <laughs> thing that you guys are going oh, to together. You can just oh. pretend he's Jay. I thought you were talking like prison lingo no, then. No, not metaphorically. Yeah, no. no. Okay. I won't Go to the donkey sanctuary. <laughs> well, you probably should do that too. I mean, I might. You know, you don't want him to stray. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's why I stray, not because I'm a massive bitch 90% of the time. Um, but no, Anyways. I think it's nice that he's giving her time. Like, I think we're starting to see him really respect and recognize right. the work that she does and the time that she takes away. And he's just such, he just seems to be so easy to have around and good he's fun. He's so like, easy. Yeah. I just he takes like no maintenance. I love that he, like he's trying to up seriously. his fashion game. I know. He's looking after like David Beckham and Brad Pitt and trying to dress himself better. And it's just and so you know lovely. What? The sexiest thing about him genuinely is that he doesn't take himself seriously at all. Like he can laugh at himself. He can take the piss out of himself. He had like, that is hands down the sexiest thing about Jay Cutler. I think that's there. why they're together. I think they are very cut from the same cloth that way. Like, mm. I think they can both cut loose. I think they can make fun of themselves. I think I think they are actually very similar people, like, inside, in very yeah. different exteriors and, like, behaviors. But I think they're good for each other. I 100% agree. But they just had, in terms of the episode this week, very quiet week, loving each other, hanging out in L.A. On the other hand, Brittany had a slightly more tumultuous week. Oh, yes. So Stone calls because they're having shared custody of the dog, Nora, which I'm just going to come out and say it. I think it's fucking bollocks. Like, you didn't birth the dog. <laughs> Decide who wants to keep the dog. Like, I don't know. I just think it's like a weird tie to continually have with somebody. Like, so is this the way it's going to be for the rest of the dog's life? Like, every other weekend at John's house? Like, like I don't know. I get it. No, I get it. I think... At first, I thought you were being a bit harsh. But now, yeah. when you put it like that, it's like, hang on a minute, you guys have broken up and you don't have kids. So let's not right. make this a kid thing with the dog because it yeah. is just a fucking dog. Like, you exactly. don't have to be like, tied to each other no, because No, you the can dog. miss the dog. You can buy a... Stone could get a dog. I mean... Buy a new dog. You can't buy yeah. a new baby. Buy a new dog. Do you no. know what I mean? And I mean, I understand you can't buy Nora, like... You know, she's a dog. She has her own personality. But I feel like you're making a tie where there shouldn't be one. Totally. And one dog to make who it loves difficult. you is pretty much like another dog who loves you. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, yeah. Dogs are genetically predisposed to love the people that feed them. So just right. buy another one and fall in love with that dog. I think you're right. Exactly. I think it's causing unnecessary connections. Having said that, 
obviously PJ feels a little bit aggrieved by the situation. And while I can appreciate that it's not great to hear about your ex, your new girlfriend's ex all the time, he has to recognize that they are a month out of this relationship. Like they're not five years out of it or a year out of it. It's her most immediate history and they're still sorting shit out like the fucking dog. Um, so it's what she has to talk about. And, I, and he did say, I'll be patient. I'll wait. I know this is a tricky situation. Yeah. So I don't think that he handles this well at all when he walks out. So I agree that the walking out bit was not the good way to handle it. Like, if you need to step out for a moment, compose yourself, because you're also being filmed on this show. Like, compose yourself. And then, like, you talk about the issue. Because you are only a month in. Like, this should be easy time. It shouldn't be this complicated or this serious. Like, I don't know about PJ's dating background. He's obviously not talking about ex-girlfriends. I suppose he has them. I think Brittany, though, because I think Kristen makes a really good point. Like, tell him things, but you need to edit things as well. Like, I don't agree that Brittany should have told PJ, like, why is why is Stone now becoming the man I always wanted him to be? Like, you talk that shit with your girlfriends. You don't tell a dude that you're dating that. Like, you can tell him you went over there, you dropped off the dog, and you left. Like, if you want to be open and honest about where you were, you can say that. All your other feelings about that, you go and talk to your girlfriends about over drinks. Like, you have only been dating this dude a month. Like, he yeah. doesn't need to be your only emotional touchstone for all this crazy well, shit I don't about even your think, ex. I don't even think they've been dating for that long. I think the breakup with Stone has only been a month. So they've only been dating maybe, okay. like, three weeks because she met him, like, right off right. the bat. Um, right. And I agree. She could definitely be more sensitive about that. But also, yeah. here's the thing with breakups. It can be absolutely the right thing to do, but it can still be really sad. And it can absolutely. still really hurt. So so him saying, well, it sounds like you're not over him, isn't really fair. Because she's definitely over him. She definitely doesn't want to be with him. But it's right. still she's still going through some emotional shit. And if he's going to date somebody two weeks out of a breakup, yeah. you have to expect that. She was with him for four and a half years. Yeah, but I also think she could have maybe been a little bit, like, I think there's a way she could have finessed that conversation. Mm -hmm. Like, I am over him, but some of the, like, but when I drop the dog off, some of these things just come back up. Like, it's not that I want to be with him. I'm just still dealing with my feelings. Like, I feel like neither of them handled this conversation in a grown-up way. It was more like, uh, like a high school breakup kind of way. Yeah, totally. I agree as well. Um, And I, I mean, I think... Social media tells us they're still together, so I don't think we need to worry that their first right. fight was their no. breakup fight. But um, right, but it's a tricky situation when you jump into another relationship straight off the totally bat of, of an old one. Yeah, I mean, I kind of agree with like I, you know, when her friend asked her, like, "Well, do you think you're really ready for another relationship?" Like, maybe she's not. Like, maybe it's just unfortunate that PJ came into her life when he did. But I think there's some growing they can both do, and I think kind of Kristen nails on the head. Like, you need to go talk to him and like make it right if that's what you want to do. Like, but you need to discuss. Like, you can't you can't just storm out and, like, refuse to talk about this anymore. That's not realistic or a good, like, touchstone on how you guys handle conflict. No, well, I mean, the key to a good relationship is the C word, and it's communicate before you all <laughs> thought something else. Um, but another tricky relationship in this episode, of course, is Justin and Scoot, and I love them both. Uh but there are 
there are some troubles going on between them. Yeah, I got a little annoyed at Scoot in this episode, not because of the marriage thing, but because of like the, oh, you're never around or, oh, you're not doing this with me. It's like, Justin just went to LA, like for the Emmys. He's there for like a week. Calm yourself. Like you knew this was going to be the situation. Don't then get mad at him because this is the situation. I mean, he's working. He has to do this to afford this house in Nashville. Like... Oh, well, and this hasn't come as a surprise. Like, they knew when they were no. buying a house in Nashville. Like, we heard it a million times. Justin saying, I'm going to have to be in L.A. And, like, I I can empathize with Scoot because totally. my husband is away and tours all the time. And that was always the deal. And it's yeah. the same way with Scoot and Justin. It was always going to be the deal that if they bought this house that he would be away. It doesn't make it easy. Like, there are still no. times when you're like, I'm so right. fucked off that you're not here. But at the same time, I feel like Scoot is kind of putting that on Justin's shoulders when actually right. this was the deal. And it is hard, Scoot, I get it. But you do need to but figure you need out to go a out way make to friends. deal with it. Because this is the deal that you made. Right. Having said that, I 100% agree with Scoot on pushing Justin about this marriage thing because they haven't been together yeah. a hot minute. Like Justin keeps going, it's so fast. You've been together, been together five for years. five years. Yeah. This is not fast. Don't... Yeah. And, just because you bought him a 1.6 million house to to deck out with lovely cushions doesn't mean he's not going to want to get married. Right, right. Well, in in my opinion, like that is the first step towards engagement. And that's all Scoot wants. Like he doesn't want the ring on his finger right away. Like I feel like Justin in his head's like, oh my God, he wants to get married tomorrow. Scoot just wants reassurances. Like I think our relationship is headed that way. And honestly, I kind of think that Scoot is right. Like if you are not there, then maybe I do need to think of other plans for my life because that is what I want. And I think that's a grown up, self-aware response to kind of that conversation. Well, it is. And I, and I agree because once again, in the fourth, for the, like the fourth week, yeah, we see Scoot really trying to have a conversation with Justin about this and Justin's still not yeah. talking to him and talking to everybody else about right. how he feels. You know, you can imagine him sat there doing Gwyneth's hair or Jennifer Aniston's hair, like chatting about right. Scoot just wants to get married <laughs> and he just doesn't know if he's ready yet. Um, yeah. But he's not sitting down with Scoot and going, look, I'm scared. Like, it makes me nervous. Right. Like, I'm really happy that we're living together in this house, but I just don't know. I know I want to be with you, but I just don't know if, I, if I'm ready to do it yet. Like, that's the 100%. conversation to have. Yeah. And I think Scoot would be open to that conversation. That's all Scoot wants is to like talk about this and know where he's coming from. And like, Justin just needs to open up. And I think I'm afraid that if he continues to like shut down about this, then he's going to miss out on Scoot because all it's going to take is him just having the exact same conversation he's had with everybody else with Scoot. Because I think once Scoot hears it, he'd be like, okay, like... I just need to know where, you know, where we're headed or some reassurance about our relationship because you're not talking to me about it. Right. He's just getting silence and that's going to make anybody feel insecure. It's going to make anybody feel worried. And if, even if Justin says, I don't know if I want to get, even if he just have that conversation, yeah. at least Scoot knows where he is. But I, it, Justin needs to grow a pair of balls and have the conversation with Scoot. That's where I am. And I hope that on the camping trip that they do next week, that maybe yes. he will. Absolutely, or maybe Jay and Kristen will make them have that conversation. <laughs> I know. Just lock them in a tent, put a padlock on those little zips, so right. you're not coming out until you've had that conversation. 
Oh, man. No, I can't wait to see it next week. I don't know how many more episodes we have. Um, We're on episode seven, so I think we're probably nearing the end of it, but I don't have an exact number. So... Well, it looks like we're coming to the end of quite a few seasons. I think, obviously, Atlanta's going to finish, New Jersey's going to finish, Cavallari's going to finish in the next two or three weeks. So we're going to have to be adding some new shows. But Yeah, we've got, well, really quickly, we do have the Real Housewives of New York trailer and date is out. So that's starting April 2nd. So get your little recording devices ready because uh, New York will be back. So it'll be interesting to see what we can fill the spaces with. And uh, word on the streets, the Beverly Hills trailer isn't going to be available for a few more weeks, uh, maybe even till April, I might have read. So we're not in a yeah. hurry for that one. Uh, but we'll see. In the meantime, we've still got a lot of good stuff to watch. Absolutely. And some good kind of surprises for you guys in the works. So hopefully we can talk more about that later. But <gasps> yes, anyway, But we've got some no. good shit coming up. Don't worry about it. Yeah. So we're super excited. You guys will be excited once you know. But as always, spread the word. Tell your friends, your friends who love reality TV. Send them our way. Um, We'd love to have them. Yes. And obviously, please feel free to get in touch. We've pissed you off if we've got something wrong. Make sure that you message us any which way you can via social media or email at hey at tvmyhusbandhates.com. Until then, have a great week and we will see you on the other side. Bye-bye. Bye. Please subscribe, rate, and review TV My Husband Hates wherever you listen to your podcast. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at TV My Husband Hates and join the Facebook group to keep the conversation going when the podcast ends. If Twitter's your thing, you'll find us at TV Husbands Hate. Theme music and production for TV My Husband Hates is by Jimmy Sims. Yeah.